Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Scent Life Podcast. We're continuing a conversation about Mormonism, and for many of us, images come to mind of people on bicycles, uh, of wearing a white shirt and knocking on our doors. But we want to help you get to know your Mormon neighbors, who they really are, how you can intentionally engage them and reach them with the gospel of Jesus. Thank you for joining us in our continuing conversation with Eric Went. Uh, previously on the Scent Life podcast, uh, we introduced you to a young man who grew up in the Mormon church, uh, but over a series of events and years uh, came to know uh, Jesus Christ, uh, and now as a believer, he's a student here at Southeastern. Uh, and so today, I'm with Dr. Scott Hildreth. Again, I'm Dr. Greg Mathias on the Scent Life podcast. We're going to continue talking with Eric Went. Uh, about uh, not just his journey out of Mormonism, but more specifically, uh, how can you get to know and really engage uh, your Mormon neighbors? And so, Eric, again, we're, we're glad you're with us uh, continuing this conversation. And so uh, let's just start where we ended. For many people, they hear words Mormon, uh, they even hear Christian, and for many, they put them kind of together, uh, that maybe Mormons or Mormonism is a type of Christianity uh, and so, why don't we start there? Uh, are there differences uh, between Mormonism and Christianity? Are they different? Right. Um, yes, there are di- differences. Um, and we titled this podcast, Get to Know Your Mormon Neighbors, which I think is appropriate um, because that's what we know in the Christian world, that, that, what, what they're called. Um, but a, uh, the, today's prophet um, has said that they, uh, they no longer— will I be identified as that because it's it's unpleasing to the Lord. Hmm. So they want to be known as LDS, so Latter-day Saints. Okay. Um, so I think that's appropriate that when we're engaging with them, instead of saying, hey, you Mormons, hmm. I mean, it's easier to say, hey, guys, or gals, okay. um, or my LDS friend. Okay. Um, I mean, I know it's hard, and he's also not, you know, our prophet. Um, but I think it's respectable, and I think the key to all engagement whether it's with LDS, Jehovah's Witnesses, mm-hmm. Muslims, anything, is to always think of it as a Colossians 4, 5, and 6, to mm-hmm. walk in wisdom towards mm-hmm. outsiders, making the most of our time, and then having our speech gracious, a season with salt. Mm-hmm. Um, and to always have that in mind when we're engaging them. And there are some major differences in biblical Christianity okay. and Mormonism. Um, one being that just their doctrine of God. Okay. Um, in Mormon doctrine, they believe that God was once a man, hmm. and he lived on another earth, mm-hmm. and um, he earned his godhood. Okay. He became God, um, and that he has tangible flesh and bones. So um, the God, so so the God that we would pray to, the, the Latter-day Saints pray to, yes. was once a flesh and blood human being on another planet, yes. and was promoted or... Earned his God. Earned his yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, I guess a logical answer then was, did he need a Savior? Um, who was that Savior, and then who was his God? Okay. All right. That would be a logical answer that, or a question that I would just initially ask. 
Um, and while we're discussing these things, I want to make it known that the Mormon missionaries may not fully understand or know these doctrines. Okay. Um, it's important to know that as children, they are getting framed mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. going, especially the young men are framed to be going on missions. And even when they knock on the door, you challenging them with that one question is going to get them to look at you with a blank stare or confrontation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's, it's important to know one, what you believe, as mm-hmm. you said, Dr. Hildreth, that they challenged you on your faith mm-hmm. and then it got you to read the Bible. So first off, Christian, just know your Bible. Sure. Know your theology because one, the LDS missionary may not know his theology, but he does know his book of Mormon. Sure. Okay. Okay. And that teaching's not in the book of Mormon. Okay. All right. Um, the book of Mormon is, is about 25% plagiarized from the King James Bible. Okay. All right. You could take certain, I have a whole big book of where it's been plagiarized and it's like verbatim with the comma. Okay. So just to help out. So, uh, there's the Bible, uh, which we're familiar with. And then there's the, the book of Mormon, as we talk about LDS beliefs, Uh, are there other key texts involved in that? Yes. So they call them the standard works and it is the book of Mormon, the doctrine and covenants and the Pearl of great price. Um, and they are above all um, and then you also have the teachings of the prophets and the apostles that mm. I would say go above the Bible. So when they, in their eighth article of faith, it says, we believe the Bible to be the word of God as long as it's translated correctly. Okay. All right. So I just finished Greek too. So I'm pretty <laughs> much a Greek scholar now. Um, but I can tell you that it's been, the committees have been very faithful to these okay. tra- translations. Yep. Um, and if Joseph Smith, who was a prophet, seer, and revelator, who did do the Joseph Smith translation, just open that one up and then look at the Greek text or look at an interlinear Greek Bible, and you can see where he's messed up. Okay. All right, so if he is the prophet, seer, and revelator that knows all, why didn't he correct the errors? That's mm-hmm. the first question that comes to mind. Um, hmm. Also, I don't know if the Mormon missionaries would really know that because they only use the King James Bible. True. Okay. They don't hold the Joseph Smith translation. They don't use it. I mean, I guess maybe in some commentaries, some BYU professors might. Um, but uh, that's an argument from silence on my part. Right. Um, so we want that medium when we're engaging them to be, you know, King James Bible if we want to. And I think that's important to establish. Being like, you know what, I don't really trust the Book of Mormon right now, hmm. but I do trust the Bible. So can we, while you're teaching me about your faith, can you te- show me it from the Bible? Okay. And they're, they're going to have their passages, just okay. like many other religions or false gospels mm-hmm. or cults. They use the Bible right. in their context. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the doctrine of God is a big, is a big change. Okay. It's a big okay. difference. I have some quotes from Joseph Smith. We don't need to get into them now unless we have time. But then a second is the person of Jesus. Right. And this is the big one, okay. I think. Um, Jesus is the spirit child of Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother. Now, you won't hear them talk about Heavenly Mother. Um, In fact, when I was growing up, I did not ever think about a Heavenly Mother. It's just kind of like a logical thing. Sure. Okay. Um, And you you almost don't talk about Heavenly Mother. She's very sacred in, in the LDS faith. Okay. But he was the firstborn, the only begotten. Okay. Okay. And then everybody else is spirit children. 
Okay, okay. so technically this falls into their doctrine of pre-existence. Mm. They believe that we, are, we all existed before our mortal bodies, um, and this is the second stage, okay? Um, and that there was a war in heaven, and, and they're getting that from revelations, mm-hmm. um, and that one-third of the angels or the pre-existent beings followed Lucifer, who naturally is the half-brother of Jesus. Okay. Hmm. All okay. right? Um, that's a huge difference. Oh, yeah. From the um, same heavenly mother and the same, the same heavenly, heavenly father. Yep, yep. I, okay. I mean, there. so if we want to get into, like, the polygamy, there would be, right. there could be several wives, but none mothers. of that is okay. Re- relevant. Okay. But, um, but, yes, he would be the half-brother of okay. Jesus. So okay. different mothers, same father? In yeah, theory. sure. Possibly. I'm just trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, we can play the whole, well, logically, right. okay. you know, but I, to me, that's irrelevant. Okay. Just yeah. they believe that they're half brothers. Okay. 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 And they, um, so half of the one third followed Lucifer. They don't get bodies, so they're mm-hmm. like the demons and the okay. spiritual beings. Okay. Um, and we get bodies, hmm. and it's our job now in our second tier of this to, um, since we followed the plan of salvation that Jesus offered instead of the plan of salvation uh, that Lucifer offered. Okay. Um, okay. okay. That we get our mortal bodies, and that it's our job to follow his restored gospel. Okay. okay. So, hmm. um, some some prophets believe in the virgin birth. Some prophets don't. Um, okay. It just it just depends. Some apostles do. Some some don't. They're they're very flip floppy on which one. Okay. Um, that takes some research to do. But they believe that Jesus obviously is a created being, which okay. is contrary to sure. right. to Colossians 1, mm-hmm. uh, right. and I would even say John 1, 1. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a completely different Jesus, and that Jesus atoned for our sins in the Garden of Gethsemane, not mm-hmm. on the cross. Okay. In fact, the cross is offensive to the LDS r- religion. I never had it. In huh. fact, in fact, it's been it's been so ingrained that it's taboo that sometimes I even whenever I see cross necklaces, I'm like, uh, uh, am I wow. doing something okay? So I'm still yeah. recovering from wow. what I call bad theology. Okay. So back up just a minute. Yeah. So the the atonement for humanity took place not on the cross but in the garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so explain where that. So where they're getting that is when <laughs> when Jesus prayed to the Father, he said, Father, if it be your will to take my cup, mm-hmm. to take this cup. Um, and while he was doing that, he was bleeding. Mm-hmm. And then he took the cup and he atoned for the sins. The, it, it was oh, born okay. on him, okay? okay? So they take that as that, and that the cross was just the, he had to die. Okay. Huh. Okay. Um, I mean, we can do covenant and, theology here and just... Right. <laughs> sure, no, I'm with you. Yeah. So help us understand as well, you talked about uh, within that, uh, of course, Jesus being a created being. Uh, of course, he atoned for sins in, in the Garden of Gethsemane as opposed to the cross even being taboo. Uh, but you talked about this plan of salvation. So uh, what is that plan? Like, what's the end goal? What is salvation for those in the LDS church? For men, it is to be exalted to God status, to Godhood, that one day you can be a God of your own earth. Hmm. Um, and it's called exaltation, and you will have your wife, who you are sealed to. This is why they have temples, um, that you are sealed to, and you're giving a— you're giving. I, I, this this is what I'm learning in my research, so mm. I want to just sure. be careful if there's any you know right. LDS people out there. If I'm getting this wrong, by all means, please yeah. email me and correct me. Mm-hmm. But I'm told that once you're sealed to your wife, you are given spiritual names. Okay. Um, and during the resurrection, you will be called, and you call her out among them, and then you're sealed and you're married. Families can be together forever is a big 
doctrine of the LDS Church. Okay. It's it's it feels good. Okay. Um, so for men, the plan is to become exalted to God status, mm-hmm. and for women to be married to a God. Okay. So okay. how does a how does a man become exalted to God status? Um, so you have to keep you know your you have to be a tithe payer. Okay. You have to believe in the Book of Mormon, and you have to believe in Joseph Smith. Okay. Uh, Joseph Smith has said that. Okay. Um, you have to believe in what he's saying. Okay. Um, so that's that's great for us as missionaries um, who want to reach out to our LDS brothers and sisters, because now we could just take, well, this is what Joseph Smith says. Do you believe that? Hmm. You know, And you have to live a sinless life. You need to continually repent and do, hmm. and you'll always hear this, well, I'm a, aren't I a good person or I do my best mm. as into fulfilling the, you know, the word of wisdom. So coffee's out of the question. Um, and in fact, there's been some tweaks into that, be, uh, but I know in the 1800s, the reason why was hot drinks were still kind of um, dangerous. Like they, mm. they didn't know why you get the bubble guts. Sure, after. Right. Um, so they were just told not to do it. So no caffeine, you know, keeping the Sabbath day. Mm. Um, doing your temple ordinances. Mm-hmm. So that means being a worthy tithe giver, mm-hmm. um, going into the temple, doing baptisms for the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, other things they do in the temple, I was only able to get to the baptisms of the dead. So all the other stuff, I think I would not be representing their faith correctly. Okay. Yeah. So I won't, no, I won't sure. comment on that. Well, this has been uh, really good. And, and we're about to go into a break. When we come back, what I want us to do, we've been hearing about uh, some of the beliefs and doctrines. Uh, but And that's very helpful for us to be aware of that. But we really do want to help uh, our audience even know, so when I do meet my uh, LDS neighbor, uh, when I, when I uh, encounter them in the community, uh, they're real people, and so I want to engage them as real people. But, but what are some good ways to begin to build that relationship and engage them? And so uh, we'll talk about that uh, after the break. Thank you for joining the Descent Life podcast hosted by the Center for Great Commission Studies here at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, the CGCS, or the Center for Great Commission Studies, is the hub of missions and missionary activity uh, for Southeastern Seminary. Uh, whether you're coming here to study, uh, coming to our campus, or literally around the world, uh, we also help train and equip uh, our faculty, our staff, uh, even come alongside our local churches. We are committed uh, to this nation and the nations. Uh, and so we thank you for tuning into this and look for our other resources at uh, the CGCS website as well as we continue to not only be a hub uh, for great commission activity, but we look for ways to teach, to train, to equip so that we can serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. Thanks again. Uh, We're continuing our conversation. Uh, Before the break, uh, uh, Eric, we were talking about some of the beliefs and doctrines uh, within the LDS Church. Uh, And and so help us now understand how do we take some of that knowledge or that awareness uh, as we meet real people, as we meet uh, our LDS neighbors, uh, what are some good ways to begin to really uh, listen 
and engage kind of beyond the stereotype. Right. Well, I think you, you hit it on, on the head is let's not stereotype them. Um, let's not, you know, we, whenever uh, LDS missionary comes to the door on the front porch out in the public, we just want to debate them. <laughs> like, hey, you're wrong and here's why you're wrong. And that is the wrong answer. So the LDS missionaries are on a mission specifically to get converts. And mm. once they know that you're not a convert, chances are they're, you're not going to engage with them ever again. I've been, when I came here the first time, I ran into two missionaries. We, we discussed. I even got their email. I emailed them back with my response. Never heard from them hmm. again hmm. Um, because they knew that, okay, this is just getting. So I would say the missionaries are going to be hard, but always plant that seed. But do it in such a Colossians 4, 6 way that hmm. they remember, wow, I remember how that evangelical or that born again spoke to me. Hmm. Okay. Um, and I, what I didn't touch is about the differences mm -hmm. is their sufficiency in Christ is not like ours. Mm -hmm. We are there, there. There is no teaching of justification mm -hmm. by faith alone. Okay. 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 Um, I've got quotes. Um, if people want quotes, I could email them quotes. I sure. don't know if we have time here. Um, Give us one. Give us one of your best quotes. Okay. Let's uh, see. That, on justification. <clears throat> yeah. I'd love to hear. Uh, that would be helpful for us just to hear that. Um, all right, here, here's from uh, James Talmadge. Uh, the sectarian dogma of justification by faith alone has exercised an influence for evil. Mm. The idea upon which this precise doctrine was found was at first associated with that of a absolute predestination by which man was foredoomed to destruction or to understand salvation. Um, and that is in the art, his book, Articles of Faith, page 432. Um, when they come into justification, I've had several conversations with just my mother alone on this teaching, and she says, well, that, just, that doctrine gives you just the ability to go back and sin. Huh. Mm. Okay. And obviously, if we read in Romans, right. you know, right. uh, Paul says... May it never be. Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. don't go and sin to get more grace. No. Mm -hmm. um, so the doctrine of justification is is not something them. Okay. Yeah. They have a, in the Book of Mormon. Um, it is Second Nephi, two or twenty nine. Yeah, maybe it's two twenty nine. Excuse me for mm -hmm. not having the reference, but it says uh, we are saved by grace after all that we can do. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's definitely a worked based salvation. Okay. Um, so. That right there is different from evangelical Protestant Christianity. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what they strive to be, is different, okay. but also want to be called sure. Christian. Okay. Um, so as we're engaging that, just keep that in mind, that they, they say the same thing okay. when they say grace. Okay. It's different than the Christian grace. So they use the same terminology, or a lot of the same yeah. terminology, but have very different meanings. Exactly. So that's so a that's good important. place to have conversation. Yeah, so okay. when they say Jesus Christ, when they point to their badge, they mean Jesus Christ, the created being, mm. who is the half-brother of Lucifer, who um, atoned for our sins at the garden, mm. who earned his godship, mm. and that he is the second person in the Godhead, not the Trinity. There is no Trinity. Okay. And that the Holy Ghost, or Spirit, is a powerful entity. Mm. Now, some some LDS that I've ran into would say, no, he's part, he, he is a god, but some people have sure. said, so, okay. so there's a new generation and old generation, and there's okay. conflicting things. Um, so be aware. So when we're engaging in that, just be aware of their terminology. Mm. And I think the best question, and I think Greg Kolkel says, what do you mean by that? 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great mm-hmm. sort of, what do you mean about Heavenly Father? Who is he to you? Mm-hmm. Um, who is Jesus? What did he do for you? Mm-hmm. Is his death, his atoning sacrifice sufficient for you to earn salvation? Mm-hmm. So and, asking good questions keeps the conversation going. Right. And allows us to establish a relationship. Exactly. Building the rapport, especially with someone that this probably won't be with a missionary, sure. like I said, but right. your coworker, right. who actually, if we're in the Eastern, is probably not going to be as vocal as someone in Utah. Hmm. Okay. 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 That's helpful. So if you know that they don't go to church or that they don't go to your church or they have been, they're outspoken. You know, sure. I am at LDS. You know, build that. Just they are an image bearer. Right. And that's what we need to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. They're an image bearer. Mm-hmm. And they need the, the gospel just like all of us in this room need it daily. Sure. Um, and the problem is, is they think they have it. Mm-hmm. And that's the dangerous part. It's the false assurance. Sure. Okay. So building that rapport with them mm-hmm. and, you know, just don't invite them out to coffee. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, maybe invite them to a coffee house, but, you know, right. or... Mm-hmm to a restaurant, get to know their family, get right. to know their beliefs, get to just, just mm. love them. I mean, so really, there's no magic trick, no silver bullet mm-hmm. to, uh, to seeing your LDS neighbor, your Mormon neighbor, come to faith in Christ. Sometimes when we talk apologetics, we think, what's the silver bullet? What's mm-hmm. the one magic sentence or the one magic question that I can ask that's going to end the conversation? And I think I hear you saying what we know is true of everybody, that doesn't exist. What we have is a relationship with a person who, uh, who needs to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, someone who doesn't know this, and for some ways is, is even veiled uh, behind a deceptive religion. So let me ask you a quick question. So I'm not sure, but there may, may be that we have some folks listening to our podcast who are in the Mormon church. Uh, what would you say... Uh, to folks who are listening who are part of the Mormon church, if you could give like a, maybe a one minute, minute and a half, just appeal, plea uh, to these folks. All right. Well, I've been in some deep prayer about, you know, about this. My mother is still LDS, and I pray for her salvation daily. Um, I would plead with you to pick up the Bible, King James, ESV. It doesn't matter what translation. Pick it up open to the Gospel of John. Read it in one sitting and read it like a child. Read it like you've never read it before. Read it with no presuppositions. No, okay, I know this passage means this because this apostle said it or this prophet said it. No, just read it and read it and read it. And then just let the Holy Spirit guide you through it. All right? There's going to be a tug. There's going to be a pull because they know that they need to pray about things about the Book of Mormon. They feel that burning in the bosom is what they call it. Well, I say, discern that. No, is that the Holy Spirit? I mean, the God mm-hmm. talking to you, mm-hmm. or is that the other spirit that's already got you mm-hmm. saying, "Don't listen." Read that mm-hmm. and find find someone who you know who is a believer in Christ and ask questions. Yeah. Ask them just deep-hearted questions like, what does this text mean? Or walk me through this. Mm. Um, don't resort to what the church is telling you that you have to read. You know, you only, you're, you're okay. You can read other things that are what you would call anti-Mormon. 
But guess what? Some of them are not anti-Mormon. They're just telling you the truth. Um, so I just plead with you to search the Bible. Search the Word of God. And let, let the Holy Spirit guide you. And I would start at the, at the Gospel of John. That's really good. That's helpful. Thank you for that plea, uh, and, and we do. We echo that. Uh, one last question, uh, and uh, again, we thank you for being with us, and it's been a helpful, uh, really two conversations about your story, uh, hopefully helpful for our audience. But for those that are listening that, that are not part of the LDS Church, that really do desire to uh, just be uh, ministering to, meeting to, and, and engaging real people, do you have maybe one or two uh, places or resources you might recommend if somebody's interested and in, you termed it before the forgotten people whether it be Mormon or others but one or two resources you might just real quickly highlight yeah um, there is a great book by Sandra Tanner and she's got a little um, her and her husband who is with the Lord now but they have a great ministry out in Salt Lake City Utah and mm -hmm. she made this little book that's called 41 unique teachings of the LDS Church mm -hmm. and it's it's very small little booklet and um, it gives you the 41 things and a response to it I think that's real quick and then um, Sean McDowell mm -hmm. and um, Eric Johnson Eric Johnson's over at MRN.com they have a podcast um, they don't go into evangelism, they go more into the teachings of the LDS Church, and sometimes I disagree with some things. Um, mm -hmm. So l listen to it with discernment, but they do a great job. They've been very helpful in getting the, the gospel out to the LDS, but they just made a book, or they just wrote a book called Sharing the Good News with Mormons, and those are helpful articles. You get some by Jay Warner Wallace, Sean McDowell, Eric Johnson, um, and for a more scholarly book, um, it's, it's called uh, leaving Mormonisms, uh, leaving Mormonism, why four scholars changed their mind. Mm, so if okay. you're looking for a more scholarly source on four BYU professors that said, you know what, mm -hmm. this is yeah. something different, wow. that, that's a great book to, to pick up. Good. Thanks, Eric. We appreciate you being with us, man. The, the last couple of conversations have been very helpful. Like we said, when we started out, I have a special place in uh, my own heart and life for our Mormon neighbors. Uh, they are, in many ways, their questions to me are responsible for the fact that I am a Christian today. Um, so what I want to do is pray, and we want to wrap this up uh, praying for uh, those that you made an appeal to, to read the Bible. Also pray for our hearers, that they would be uh, stirred in their heart uh, to reach these forgotten peoples. And we'll pray for you. As you said earlier, God's put a calling on your life uh, to serve as a missionary uh, to the forgotten peoples. I want to thank you. Uh, for tuning in to The Sent Life. Ours is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. Our calling and our mandate is to make disciples of all nations. And we've been with Eric Wendt as he's talked about a group of people and led us through a conversation about making disciples of those uh, who are in the midst of and perhaps looking to come out of the Church of Jesus Christ at Latter-day Saints. We're going to pray as we wrap up our show today. Thanks for being with us. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity of being here today. We thank you for Eric and for his testimony. We thank you for leading him to faith in Jesus Christ and for changing him, giving him a new heart. We thank you that you filled him with your spirit and called him into a ministry uh, that is very challenging, uh, mentally challenging, emotionally challenging, to see people uh, brought out of the darkness and into the light. I do pray for those who are listening who perhaps are in the midst of uh, uh, the faith of Mormonism 
And we pray that you would use the appeal uh, of reading the Gospel of John uh, with fresh eyes and asking fresh questions, that you would speak to people through your word. We also pray for our hearers uh, who are looking for ways uh, to reach the forgotten peoples around them, and those who are coming out of the different, uh, different faiths. We pray that you would empower, that you would strengthen, that you would give us courage as we move ahead in this journey. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.